are strong and courageous part of your life. In the Bible, God encourages Joshua to be strong and courageous when he is called to lead like he had never led before. Do you have, I have never done this before moments? In this series, we will look at how to navigate new and different from the life of Joshua. A life filled with a lot we can learn from, draw from, and find courage in. We hope you enjoy. Wow. Good morning. Like, who needs a cup of coffee listening to you guys worship? You guys, you guys are on fire. Let's give it up to the Lord one more time. And let's give it up for the worship team, man. Woo. And uh, for those of you that are uh, back in here uh, in the purple chairs, welcome. Uh, we are, uh, no longer have the service on the lawn, so we had a 9 o'clock inside, and we're inside here. So it's just good to be back in here, and uh, it's good to see most of your faces. Well, I don't mean, like, because some have the mask on. That's what I meant. Like, I mean, of course, I love to see all of you. Good night. You got, wow, you are feisty. To our online crowd, just know that you need to be praying for these guys right here. Boy, that's the Holy Spirit's filling this place, and God is good. Amen? So, so here's what I want to do. Um, just kind of slow down just for a second, and, and I'm going to take a seat here, and we're going to just, just talk. And uh, I... I, I got, let's see, uh, Albert Tafuno and Jack Thompson are uh, names of some guys that I'm on a board with uh, for Samoa, South Seas Ministries, and they're both Samoan, and they're the ones that kind of, at least I remember, kind of taught me this, this, this phrase, talk story. And so in board meetings, they're like, all right, we're going to talk story here for a second. And that, that just meant we'd talk about some things that happen on mission trips and relationship type of things. So I, I don't know who it is that you like to talk story with, but I want you to be thinking about that as I'm going to share with you. Because the person that immediately comes to my mind is my grandpa. And um, I want to show you a picture of my grandpa. He was born in 1916 uh, in Oklahoma. That's actually my dad as a youngster. And then there's my grandfather. And he was born in Oklahoma, like I said. And so he passed at 90, I think it was 97, 98 years old, okay? So my grandfather, 100% Native American, uh, he looks like literally an Indian. I mean, when I, all growing up, I mean, he looked just like what I saw on TV with the Cowboys and Indians. I uh, love my grandpa, but grandpa always had good stories, you know, and um, growing up as a Native American in Oklahoma and going to uh, mainly all white school, he literally fought his way through school and he would just tell me story after story about just, just what it was like to be a little Indian kid. And uh, so I loved, I loved listening to Grandpa tell story. Matter of fact, I wish I would have filmed him every time we talked, but I was smart enough the last couple of times to get some uh, film of him just talking. And can I be honest? A lot of times towards the end, it was the same stories. <laughs> you, did you have a grandpa like that? <laughs> or do you have a grandpa like that? Am I a grandpa like that? <laughs> Whoa. So, but here, here's, here's a few things. Um, I was thinking about, uh, you know, he and grandma got married and um, eventually through Kansas made their way out here to California to the valley. And I, I think it was in the 40s. Again, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure on that, but grandpa would talk about um, Topanga. Do you guys know where I'm going? It was a dirt road. 
from basically Chatsworth over all the way probably to the ocean. It was a dirt road. And uh, Grandpa would tell me about that dirt road. And, and Grandpa, the, one of the fun things is he talked about, he loved talking about Encino, the hills of Encino, right? And, and there lived a guy by the name of Clark Gable. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't, well, I'll just stop right there. But, but do you know, you know, Gone with the Wind? So Clark Gable had, uh, if I remember correctly, it was about a 20-acre ranch. Well, my grandpa was in charge of that. And especially the horses. He would talk about the horses and um, just taking care of Clark's horses, you know. And so there's some fun stuff with that. Grandpa would, uh, when he would visit here, because eventually he would end up in uh, Apple Valley, Lucerne Valley out there, <laughs> out there, right, in the desert. But he would talk about West Hills Hospital. He goes, Robbie, I could have bought West Hills Hoffs of all that property for $2,000. I'm like, Grandpa, you were dumb not to. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> right? And you guys have stories like that. I was like, I could have bought all this. He talked about, um, is it still called the Topanga Mall or Westfield or whatever? He talked about that was all orange acres, right? And then um, he sent my dad to, to Canoga Park High School, and that, I think my dad was one of the first classes there. So it's just fun. But one of my favorite stories is... Uh, Church of the Canyon on Topanga. It used to be Topanga and like Nordoff. It was one of the 432 properties Pastor Kirby almost bought, okay? So, yeah, <laughs> I might be underestimating that. So, 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 so this church, actually, uh, I think it was around in the 60s that my grandparents belonged to. And my grandpa actually physically built some of that. And he would tell me about, you know, they used to have thousands and thousands of weddings there every year. That's what it was known for. Uh, Pastor Larry White, a tragic accident with his daughter on the way to Mexico. My grandpa was a part of all that with a missions trip. She died with a bus accident. But um, my grandparents uh, were in a choir directed by some lady named Dell Evans and her husband, Roy Rogers. So they were like really close friends. They, they did a lot of stuff together. As a matter of fact, I think they headed out to Apple Valley together. So it was just fun. It was just fun just sitting at grandpa's feet, just listening to him talk story. Do you have that person in your mind? Well, I share this because when people talk story, it helps us to what? To remember. You know, I couldn't have spewed out anything I just told you unless Grandpa told me. And that's going to be a key word for today's message, is remember. Because people help us remember events, locations, faces, stories, etc. What word do I want you to remember? Come on, I set you up. What word do I want you to Remember? Let's pray. God, it is good to be in your house. It is good to worship you and to be reminded of how amazing you are, even through the songs that we sing. Thank you for fighting our battles. Thank you for fighting the battle that, that we sit with in our purple chair right now. Uh, God, as, as I look around, I know a lot of those battles that each person is facing, sitting here today. And then I, I'm just overwhelmed at the idea of how much I don't know that people are facing. But you know what's cool? God, you know what I'm dealing with. You know what, you know what every person here in this room is dealing with. You know every person online and what they're dealing with. That's amazing. Help us to remember what it is that we need to remember here this day. 
as we look into the story of Joshua and your people. God, I love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to throw in a, a little plug, and I don't, get any, I don't get anything for this. Yesterday, I went to the Getty Villa for the first time. Raise your hand you ever been to Getty Villa. I've been to the Big Gay. Getty Villa, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday is a ticket. That is beautiful. But you know what's funny? As I walked around, what is that whole place there for? To help you remember. You got all these statues. You got all these glasses. You got all these readings, paintings. <coughs> And they're all help you remember. Well, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Recap. Number one, recap. And every week I recap because I know I forget. <laughs> and I know you forget. And so we've been studying the book of Joshua. And we've learned. And again, you could go to the online to the website. You go to our Facebook. You could go um, uh, to YouTube. And you can find any of the sermons. Uh, they're, they're, they're all there. And so um, go back and listen if you, if you missed out or you forgot. But basically, the book of Joshua is a transition. It's a transition from Moses to Joshua. From Moses to who? To Joshua. So God's taken his chosen people out of the heavy hand of slavery, brought them through to the promised land. They never made it because of disobedience. They wandered for about 40 years. Generations die without having seen it. Moses even uh, had a little bit of disobedience there towards the end. He only gets to see the promised land, doesn't get to enter the promised land. It's, Mo, it's, it's Can, uh, uh, Joshua and Cain and their families that get to go. But here the, 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 the power transition has happened. No longer Moses. Now it's Joshua that God is trusting. All right. So now we get there, and, and, and it's almost like the kind of a, a, a different uh, challenge. It is a different challenge. You know, Moses eventually finds the what? The red the Red Sea, and this is a barrier, and they're not going to be able to make it through it, and then God helps the Israelites to go through it. Now, the barrier for Joshua and all this new generation of God's chosen is this, this Jordan River, and we talked in great detail about it a few weeks ago about how this wasn't just a simple river that you and I could just kind of float across, but it had to be a God that could take you through it. God Almighty, okay? And so we've, we've walked through all that. Last week, we got specific instructions from God that, that Joshua got to how to cross with the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the priest going in first, and then staying a thousand yards behind it. And all that happened. We read that last week, that they, they, they obeyed God. And when we obey God, we get to see that God is a promise keeper. Amen? Because they pressed into him. They trusted him. They went where nobody should have gone logically, but they were told by God to do this. And it all played out. And the water uh, pushed back and there was dry land and uh, millions get to go through enter the promised land and that's kind of where we land today but i want to remind you that this isn't pastor rob's story this is god's story so open up your bibles and we're going to go to joshua chapter three uh recap a little bit uh, again um what we learned last week joshua chapter three and we're going to go to verse 15 now the jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. Can you picture this? Their feet, that, that big, big toe, that big old hairy toe. 
As soon as that thing touched the water's edge, the water from upstream what? It stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. And then if you continue reading verse 17, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. Now, I didn't say this last, uh, last service, but I, just as I read that, I'm like, that had to take a lot of faith. It wasn't just enough to walk in there and then see the water push back and enter. But if I'm one of those priests, I'm like, praise God, this is cool, but I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. Because my mind is telling me, I, I don't know when that water is going to come. Amen? And so this is what we're reading. The Lord, uh, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while, while all Israel passed by until the what? Until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. And, and I, just, I, I just read this. And again, I don't know if I even did it justice last week, but I'm amazed at how amazing God is. And it's so easy for us as human beings to go from one verse to the next and go, okay, show me again now. Okay, what's your next trick, God? What are you going to do? But stop and pause for a moment. One of the things that I did in, in preparing the message this week is I just said, God, help me to feel some of the thoughts and the feelings the Israelites must have felt. Before, during, and after all this. And I'm going to just tell you this. I came up real short. Like, I, I mean, I can only picture what I could picture. And I'm like, okay, it's like when I'm on the tram ride at Universal. And that water comes coming down. And, okay, no. Sorry for those of you that have no clue what I'm talking about. But like, like, like it's so easy to push play and push fast forward that we forget. Like we're talking generations, grandparents, we're talking parents have, have died in the desert. And this new generation has maybe seen the, 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 the man go from, from, from Moses to Joshua. And they know the stories. They've heard the stories of the Red Sea. They heard the stories of manna coming from heaven. They heard the stories of their ancestors uh, being bitten by snakes, but when they looked up at the serpent, that they were spared their life. They heard these stories of disobedience and obedience. And now is their moment. And now they have crossed the Jordan River, and now they are in the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Are you kidding me? Like it had to be surreal. What do you think? Am I onto something? Because it's so easy for us to keep going fast forward. So one of the words that sticks out to me, and I want you to write this down, this is the second point of today's message, is the word freedom. One of the things I thought about in my office, and even as I'm preaching today, because I said, God, help me to still feel that, is what it must have smelt like what it must have looked like, what it must have felt like to be on the other side of the Jordan. Freedom. Freedom. What do you think about when you hear that, that word? Does it still resonate in your own life? You see, I, I've never spent, well, I was going to say I've never spent a day in jail, but I guess I have. 
Do I need to talk about that? I've shared with you a few times in Chile, you know, we've been in there visiting and spent a day there. It wasn't because of something I did. I'm not saying I shouldn't have been. No, anyways, we'll just leave it. But I, I don't think we fully grasp how amazing freedom is and what it's cost somebody for us to be where we're at today. Now, last week, we just, we just celebrated Memorial Day, right? And, and, you know, maybe you had barbecues and friends and family or, or went for a bike ride or whatever. I know it was a beautiful day. But you know that day came at a, at a price, right? And, and it still is a price that's being paid that, that most of us, I mean, some of us have connections with family members over there, and God bless you. God bless you. But honestly, I don't, I don't have a son over there fighting for freedom. I don't have... But until we sit and actually realize how blessed we are to experience freedom, we don't truly enjoy it. And I think that has a lot to do with this message today on remember. And so what I did is I was like, I have no clue. I'm like, God, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to picture what it was like. I'm trying to feel, like, feel, feel what it's like. And here's, here's where he nailed me. He goes, Rob, you know freedom. You've just forgotten it. Rob, you were a slave to sin. And you still struggle with that, by the way. And yet, do you remember when you heard the good news about what my son Jesus Christ did for you? And then I'm telling you, this is a conversation, at least in my mind, on the other side of that wall, in my office, as I was preparing for this message, because I was like, God, you're right. I've forgotten who I was without you. And when I sat in that for a moment, I remembered how blessed I am to be in Christ today. How about you? You see, I want to tell you something. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, a book, uh, a letter that was written to the Judaizers, Jewish Christians, and newly, uh, you know, uh, Jews that found Christ and gave their life to Christ, but were were struggling. They had the tension of of obeying the 613 laws and circumcision and and all the things that went on, animals, uh, and all the sacrifices and everything. And yet they'd have been immersed into Christ and they'd been worshiping and loving and living for Christ and they had this tension in their lives. And the reason that Paul, one of the reasons that Paul wrote this letter was to remind them. And in Galatians chapter five, verse one, it says this, and I want you to read it with me. Are you ready? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let's say that again. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let's say it again. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Did you catch that? Why did Jesus Christ, why did little baby Jesus that we celebrate his birth at Christmas time, why did he come to this earth? Why did he put up with all the stuff that he put up with from the Pharisees and the Sadducees with all the religious leaders? Why all the persecution? Why all the questioning? Why all the... Dealing with the disciples, oh, right? 
Why did he do all of that? And then let's talk about the Garden of Gethsemane. And then let's talk about the cross. Why did Jesus do all of that? It's so that you and I could experience freedom. And all God's people said? Now here's the reality. I forget about that sometimes. How about you? Sometimes I want to shake my fist and I'm more concerned about the government and what they're doing and not doing instead of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Now let's remember what Jesus has done and is doing for us and he has set us free. Don't you forget that. The enemy wants us to forget that and put all of our attention on all this stuff that is scaring the bejeebies out of us even as Christ followers. And we're taking the power out of the gospel because the gospel is good news. And the good news is you and I were enslaved, but we have been set free because of Jesus Christ. Stand firm them and do not let yourselves be burdened. Like, here's what I was saying first service. Like, how many of you literally go to bed and you're praying your prayers? And it goes something like this. And God, I just, I just don't have enough burdens in my life. And then just to make sure you're good to go, you wake up in the morning and go, God, if I forgot to tell you, can you bring more? Can I just say, if that's your prayer, you're sick. Sorry. Right? This says, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Sometimes I forget, God, who I was without you. And it's scary to think who I'd be today without Jesus Christ. I know my battles. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm still working my way into being the best person I can for Jesus Christ. But thank God he saved me. Thank God he saved you. Are you with me, church? Romans 6 says it this way. And this is a great book. If you want to go into depth in all this, I think Galatians is great, but Romans is also a great book. Romans chapter 6 says it this way. And we're going to go verse, uh, let's go verse 15. I can read the whole chapter. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when uh, when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, You are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to what? Which leads to death. Or to obedience, which leads to what? Righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be, though you used to be, though you used to be what? Slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Here it is. <laughs> Hold on to your purple seats. You, oh, let's say this all together, ready? Verse 18. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You see, I believe that's what God wants us to remember here this morning. We have been set free. We've been set free. Some of you are like, no, you don't know my week. Well, I understand that. But when we say yes to Jesus, 
He, he, he takes those cuffs and he puts the key in there and unlocks us. He opens up the jail cell and he says, go, you are set free. It's our will to stay free or to go back into the cuffs in the jail cell. Now, some of us maybe go back and forth and in and out. But I want to say, you have the key, you have the access, you get to be free if you say yes to Jesus Christ. And so some of us just need to be reminded right here, right now, that yes, maybe we got enslaved this week. Yes, maybe we made some bad choices. Yes, we're, we're a little bit confused. Yes, death has its hold on us, but Jesus Christ has conquered death. Jesus Christ is greater than he that is uh, in the world. And we've got to remember that and claim it. And somebody in here needs to hear this right now, that you need to get your act together and get right with God and say, God, I'm done with this sin and I want to live in freedom. I want to live in freedom. There's nothing you and I could be caught up in that is bigger than what God could do in our lives. That river flowing in front of you might look like the Jordan at its peak, and it might be rushing faster than it's ever rushed, but God likes those kind of challenges. And he wants you to get from one side to the other. Can I hear an amen? You and I have been led out of the heavy burden of slavery into the amazing promises of God. Let me tell you this. Some of those promises are the forgiveness of sin. So whatever you've done has been forgiven. That makes sense to me. Some of you I don't want to forgive. And some of you don't want to forgive me. Praise God I'm not God and praise God you're not God. But he also promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with sin on my own. It tastes too good. It looks too good. It feels too good for a moment. But God can. Because he forgives the sin and he gives us a tool, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's in us. Come on now. We worry about these powder shortages that happen in the valley. The biggest concern is the power shortage in the churches that are in the valley. Those of us that are forgetting to plug into the power source, God Almighty. He's the one that's going to turn this world upside down and change it. Okay? And he has given us access to that power. How cool is that? And then we get the promise of eternity in heaven with no more pain, no more death, no more pandemic. No more politics and no more San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Although the San Diego Padres are really right there with me in my heart now. All right, anyways, how do we plug into that? Because we're on the water's edge. Here's the, here's the priest, Ark of the Covenant, here's Joshua. Here. I mean, right there, boom. How am I going to do this? The water's edge for us is this. Jesus says, here, I've done all the work for you to get eternal life, gift of the Holy Spirit, forgiveness of sins. But it's your choice now. And the water's edge is any physical body of water because what the scripture teaches me is that we are to hear God's word, the good news. We are to confess Jesus as Lord, believe in him as our personal Lord and Savior, repent, turn around from my evil ways to him, and be baptized. And you can be baptized in this. That, that comes from DWP water. 
right behind that thing. There's no holiness. It's not a direct line to the Pope and you know, Rome or anything like that. It gets, it gets, it's out and then it's in every week and it gets cleaned up. It could be a pool. It could be a jacuzzi. It could be a river. It could be, it could be any body of water. And some of you are standing at the edge. It's time to say yes to Jesus Christ. And if that's you, come talk to Pastor Rob. Go to the Welcome Center afterwards and say, I want to know more about who this Jesus is because he wants to take you across that river. I better get back to the sermon. I got to get back to the sermon, which leads me to my last point. Remember, Joshua chapter four. Some of you are like, when are you going to get to that? Okay, now, Joshua four. So they've crossed the river. When, when the whole nation had finished crossing, verse one, the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the, the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and, and put uh, them down at the place uh, where, where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12. I mean, of course, Joshua's not going to question, right? I mean, God just took them through the river. Oh, you want me to stack stones? I'll stack stones. He, he gathered the 12 uh, men he had pointed from the Israelites from each of the tribes and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, so it's kind of big, according to the number of the tribes of, of the Israelites. To serve as a, here it is, to serve, why are we stacking stones? To serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Isn't that cool? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones, oh, these stones are to be what? To be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Remember our big word for today is remember, right? Remember. God is telling Joshua to set up these stones to be a remembrance of how he delivered the people from one side of the river to the other. Why would God do that? This simple mind says, because he knows we forget. And it's a, it's a story. It's a story that needs to be told. It's a talking point. God wants us to remember. David Jackman writes in his book, Joshua, remembering is an essential part of the Christian discipleship. It is also a profoundly human activity. We remember and celebrate the anniversaries of our births, our marriages, our noteworthy events in history of our home nation. Partly such times, this is awesome, partly such times serve as a signpost in the passage of time, but they also provide opportunities for reflection, reassessment, and perhaps readjustment for the present in the light of the past. God is asking Joshua to set up a signpost, a talk story point, to help people remember. Well, how? Well, in this case, it was 12 stones. Grab the stones, bring them to the middle uh, of where you're standing, and this will be a remembrance. And that's the why. Why? One is to remember the miracle event, and two, to remember the God of the miracle. Now, there's so much uh, fun that I had with this this week, because I'm like, wow, signposts for me. And I want you to think through this. This is your homework, by the way. 
Christian or not a Christian, I want you to do this this week. Think about this. All the times that God has done something in your life and there's something that reminds you of that. You're like, pastor, what are you talking about? Glad you asked. Here's a signpost for me, the 134 sign. The 134, why? Because that's where Pastor Rob uh, met God. Uh, 134, fall asleep, driving, uh, one o'clock in the morning, 70 miles per hour, went through a fence, went down uh, a little hill towards the LA River. Um, That woke me up. Every time I pass that sign, you don't, (laughs) don't kid yourself, I remember. It it happens every time. Another sign post for Pastor Rob, Um, our church building. That's our original church building. And that's off of, I think it's Woodlake and, and Van Noen on Welby Way. There I got baptized in that building. There I, I, I heard my first sermons there. I got my closest friends there. I met my wife there. I mean, that building uh, just represents a lot of things. So all I need to do is see that, and then it unlocks about a lot of what God has done in my life. Um, the beach is another place. The day before I got baptized, I remember walking the beach and going, God, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Am I really supposed to make this big step in saying yes to you? I was 18 years old. I was lost. I was confused. And the beach represents ministry in Chile because we were always on the beach right there in Chile. Uh, Valparaiso, it represents Samoa and all the times we've gone over. The beach has great memories with the college ministry. We used to do beach retreats. So when I'm at that ocean, I'm always reminded of the miracle worker of God. Amen? These are some signposts for me. This one might seem weird to you. Bob's big boy. Um, every time I see that, now there's only one. I think it's on Corbin. But literally, the one when it used to be on Sherman Way is where I met with Darren Skates, our youth pastor, and he looked across the table and he says, you need to go into ministry. And so every time I see a Bob's big boy, when I see that, I see Darren Skates and I see one of the dumbest decisions I've ever made in life. No, no, no just kidding. <laughs> I, it, it does. It represents, it's a signpost for me. Andrews Christ Christian Camp. Uh, I, I'm on that board, been on that board for a long time. I've been going there since I was 18. I brought hundreds of people up there uh, over the years. And there's been a lot of life decisions for me made up on that mountain and a lot of changes and a lot of crying on that mountain. And that, that, that place represents God. It's a signpost. Um, a, another thing right here. Do you guys, did you see this? This isn't accidentally up here. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about with this thing? This is when I challenged you and I as a church to raise $250,000 and we were going to give it in cash in this box that sat right there. We were going to build the upstairs, which was going to be a $1.2 million project, but we were going to raise $250,000 in cash in six weeks. I put that chest right there on a Wednesday night. We sang and $315,000 were put in this box that night. This box sits, this box sits in my office as a reminder of God's power. He does things that we can't do. This sits in my office. Pastor Kirby handed me this four and a half years ago. This September actually will be five years where he passed the baton from him to myself as the lead pastor. This also represents something. It's a signpost. The last thing, when I'm struggling with all those other signs, God gave me a new one. Take a look at the screen. That's my granddaughter. And I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. You hold a baby, and you're reminded of the power of God. You hold a baby. Friends, what are your signposts? God wants to do an amazing work in your life. 
and he wants you to remember. He's closer to you than most of us remember. Take an afternoon, take a morning, take a day away, and just start writing your list. And I didn't say this for first service, so I'll say it to you guys. Go ahead and share it with me if you want. Send me an email. Let's go out to lunch. Let's, let's do coffee, and I'd love to hear how God has brought you from one side of the Jordan to the other. These stones were put in place to remind the Israelites of a talking point with the next generations of how amazing God is. I want to transition into communion. That's too easy, isn't it, church? Why do we do communion? It's a time of? (sighs) See how I did that? More importantly, see how God did that? Communion is a time of remembrance. It's a signpost that we have every week. Some churches do it once a year. Some churches do it once a month. We do it once a week because we as humans, we forget. One week could go by and we forget how amazing Jesus is for dying for us. And so 1 Corinthians says this, chapter 11, for I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was portrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body in which for you do this in what? In remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you, you proclaim the Lord's, the Lord's death until he comes. Every week, we have the opportunity as we take communion to remember to remember how good God is and how he's taken us slaves to sin and set us free. Father, I pray for this time. Bless those that partake in this. Help us to remember how you've set us free, how you helped us cross the river, how you're, you're more than a Joshua. Like you've taken us across the danger and you're still with us. Thank you. God, bless these emblems and allow it to help us to remember all that you've done for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.